we appreciate your support of Don't Look Under the Bed. And we would like to extend a special thank you to our international listeners. This week, we welcome back friend of the show, Kyle Allison, operations expert, managing partner at Hospitality MD, and one of USA's top 50 influential leaders in hospitality, as designated by the International Hospitality Institute. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Robin. And I'm Nikki. And, and I'm today, Kyle. yes, you are, Kyle. We have our <laughs> friend of the show, Kyle Allison, back with us to chop it up. We got sort of a uh, Don't Look Under the Bed Hospitality MD mashup going on. And we're going to talk all things hospitality. Kyle, it's so good to have you back with us. I'm so excited to be here. I miss you both. Um, it's crazy how circumstances change so much in just a couple of months. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Um, I love you guys. So thanks for having me. We love you too. Uh, yes. Yes. First and foremost, we need to talk about Kyle because, you know, first of all, Kyle is not only like a top hospitalitarian, he's a filmmaker, um, general manager. He has had and has access to all of the top thought leaders in hospitality. I mean, you're kind of like Forrest Gump here, bro. <laughs> Including you two. You guys oh are top thought Seriously. I mean and that. Man, listen, I just have a question. So you have had access and have spoken to, I mean, every any and everybody in the business. Um, and I don't want you to single anybody out, but what has been maybe like the one or two um, nuggets that you've gotten, like just some sage advice from, you know, from some, one of the people that you've spoken to? Great question. Um, so I'm going to just pull from like my most recent interview that as of this recording date hasn't dropped yet, but yeah. I'm maybe by the time this drops, it'll be out, but I just did. And I think you guys actually just did an interview with him too. Dr. Yes. Jeffrey. O. Um, oh, so love him. Like <laughs> he is awesome. Like, I mean, seriously, probably one of like the top five conversations I've ever had in my yeah. life. Quite no, frankly. seriously. Wow. It's true. Um, yeah. So agreed. Yeah, like we were taught, it was like such like a philosophical conversation on hospitality. I really, mm -hmm. really, really loved it. Um, but one of the things that he put into words that I just really liked in terms of just like a phrase uh, that I will be using and like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not like it's the most original idea or original nugget, I guess, but it's it resonated with me, which is that hospitality is a noble profession. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, I agree yeah. completely because, and I think that actually, I didn't plan this, but I think that's actually a good, um, it connects to what we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. today with mm -hmm. the storm and everything like that. Hospitality yeah. is such a noble profession. And then we, we asked the question, why is it such a noble profession? Well, look at everything that we, we do in hospitality and, and its impact on the community and on people's lives. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's been one of the, the biggest nuggets. And then of course I will, uh, 
also kind of channel Craig Poole as well, who's like my my boy. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet him. Yeah, he's Robin. he's amazing. Um, and his big nugget is that um, hotels are more than just a cash flow; they're a major part of the community. And I think that's the, that those are the two things that, you know, I think they're both kind of interconnected. They're both mm-hmm. hand in hand with each other. But once we start thinking about our hotels as more than a cash flow and as mm-hmm. an integral cornerstone of the community, and then so we think of that, the asset is that, and then we think about our jobs as noble professions, I think we'll all be much better than we are today. So those are the two nuggets that I'll share. I love that. Um, Fun fact, and I don't know if you know this or not, Kyle, but Jeffrey and I actually work together. What? I did not yes. know that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so I absolutely adore him. And he is just as humble as he ever was. He's the most humble person I've ever met in my entire life. Honestly, he's Did he's you work amazing. with him at like Remington or where? Yes. Where? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. We worked on property together. Yeah. Yeah. So really, yes. Mm-hmm. On property. So you guys yeah. really know each other. Then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so, so, so. So I cool. feel like it was just like, when we talked to him, I'm sitting over here fangirling like, oh my God, Jeffrey. <laughs> like, like I didn't see him every day, but in, he's such a presence and he's like one of those people, he moves in silence, but you know, he's there. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's amazing. So I'm anxious to hear your interview. Our interview with him uh, drops tomorrow, which is uh, Monday, the 13th. So, um, so you'll hear him. I'll uh, definitely be tuning into that one. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. That man is, he's smart. He, he really is. And, and in that interview, that was my first kind of like exposure to him. I, I didn't know him when he was here in the city, but it's like when you think about having somebody like that walking around, leading the team, um, like just just spreading that, you know, yeah. we spoke with him for like 30, 45 minutes. And I was like, wow, you know, imagine coming into a building and, and you're getting that <clears throat> every day. Yeah, you know, that's definitely. actually a really good uh uh, like sentiment that I guess I maybe didn't fully consider after I was talking, like take this same candor, same demeanor, same mm-hmm. way of, of being, and then put that into a, a hotel setting where you're on property with a team. And I mean, I'm sure Robin, you yeah. probably are like, yes, 100%, like that mm-hmm. same energy was translated. And I'm sure yeah. you guys did great. I don't know. Was he the GM when you worked? Yes. Together? He was the general manager. Okay. Yes. So you had this GM who's just got this, this certain. He was the first person I saw I every morning. He was, he was in the lobby. Um, at you know 6 45 7 a.m and just right there at the front desk and just just all the way around in the restaurant he was just present and he was greeting guests everybody knew who he was um it, it, again he was amazing yeah and that's and something he, that he yeah, is we talked about a little bit was like yeah. you know the further up you go and then especially when he got into the uh uh corporate office and everything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. like you know, you get further and further away from like your, why you actually started out doing hospitality in the first place. It's true. Um, 
And, yeah. you know, he's, he mentioned a story about how, like, he came to visit one of the hotels in the portfolio as he was in the corporate office. And he got there and he just couldn't help but stand in the lobby and shake hands and greet guests <laughs> and do all that kind of stuff. And then all the people on the team were like, that's my job, man. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's just like, you have to give that to yourself. If, if yeah. you really, and I think like, that's the difference between somebody like, Dr. Jeffrey O, who's like, it's in him. So like, he literally is compelled to do these sort of things mm-hmm. as coming from the corporate office to the hotel versus some of these other like losers from the corporate office who come in and like, they're literally like, almost like, you know, hopefully somebody doesn't sense that I'm with the company. Exactly. Kind of put their head right. down. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's so two completely different schools of thought. And I'm sure that would, you know, I'm sure we could do a whole case study on the results of the company and everything. Yeah. You have different leaders like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, Dr. Jeffrey, oh, if you're listening to this, we just gassed you up for like 10 minutes. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got three, you got three fans. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seriously. We're fighting to be the president of Jeffrey O fan club. Um, I'm on so shirts. when we talk about, um, hospitality being a noble profession. Um, 30 something years ago, when I was at the front desk, I didn't think that. Uh, I was just trying to get, I was just trying to get a job inside. And for me, it was just a job. So at what point is it a noble profession? Is it, you know, when you get your first job, I mean, who, how does that, how does that go? What does that look like? You know, Nikki, what do you think? I, I was going to say, I, I don't think, you know, until you're in the situation mm-hmm. and, and you're able to impact somebody's, uh, I, I don't want to say their life, but you're able to impact that. And like when you're dealing with a group meeting, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're there to deliver the hotel and present the experience, but you're also there to make sure that meeting planner looks like a rock star. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's when they, to, for me, it's when that meeting planner or that guest turns around and lets you know how what you did impacted them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or like I, I would always say when someone who uh, like a, a colleague or a teammate, when they recognize what you've done, because they they know what it takes mm-hmm. they, they know what it takes to get the job done when they're able to turn around and pat you on the back and say hey you know you did that or great job or you know whatever it looks like that's to me that's when I feel like I, I'm at the top of my game mm-hmm. when somebody who knows the ins and outs can turn to me and say you know what you you did that or you made it happen mm-hmm. or that customer comes back and says oh you know I didn't know, but you were there and you made, you know, you made it happen. So it's, it's, yeah. I never thought of it as a noble profession, but every now and then you have those moments, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're called out to the front desk to deal with someone who's screaming their heads off um, and they're bringing you out, hoping you can do something and, and, you know, you get to interact with. (laughs) That's right. That is usually (laughs) your your job. You usually go in and diffuse those situations. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're like, I got nothing, but let's see. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. You, you know, it's like, I remember Marriott talking about spirit to serve. And mm-hmm. so I guess it's at those times when 
when you make a difference and you are serving um, the guest or your client or meeting planner, where you're like, you know what, I did do something kind of cool and I am making a difference and people appreciate me, um, you know, for what I've done or for my input or whatever. What are you thinking, Kyle? So like, this is, this is one thing that um, like, I'll, I'll kind of recycle this sentiment from what I shared with Dr. Jeffrey O, which was that I believe that there's nobility in doing any job and doing it right. Cause the, the way that we kind of had this conversation was like, you know, Dr. Jeffrey O, he's CEO of the International Hospitality Institute. He's put the code of conduct out there for every, like really making like a huge, huge impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, maybe me on a lesser scale, but like, you know, I have a decent audience and I try Mm -hmm. and make an impact Mm -hmm. and I try Mm -hmm. and do what I can. And somebody might look at any of us really and just say, well, yeah, it's, it's noble when you guys are doing it because you have these big impacts. But the, the, for me, I think like, and hospitality or not, there's a level of nobility in, in being assigned to do a job and actually doing that job um, because there, there, there's nobility. And I think the example I used with Jeffrey was uh, you're a, if you're a line cook and somebody is hungry after a long day and you cook them a meal that doesn't get them sick and they enjoy it and they go to bed with a full stomach, that is very noble. That mm-hmm. is so noble to mm-hmm. do that for somebody because yeah. you're fueling them so they can sustain life for another day. Um, so I think there, there's nobility in just doing your job, um, okay. quite frankly. But I, I really think that, again, like when you think about the hotel as more than a cash flow, but an integral asset for the community and the social fabric of um, of the place that you live, then I think that immediately makes every second of every day that you're in your hotel noble because you are uh, doing your part to perpetuate this um, this piece of the community that they can't live without, quite frankly. Right. Um, and we see that in times of crisis that um, that it's 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 obvious in times of crisis, maybe it's less obvious when it's just routine and you have people coming and staying and checking out and, you know, cause a well-run hotel is very systemized, you know, it's, it, you should feel like you're in a routine and maybe you lose that sense of nobility, but then when something catastrophic happens or something out of the norm, then maybe you remind yourself a little bit. For me, it was, you know, when I was in Chicago and we had the, um, um, like looting that happened after George Floyd passed away in my hotel. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you guys that story? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we had all that happen and we had the police and the protesters using the hotel to find safety and refuge. I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. Everybody from different sizes coming together to mm-hmm. seek refuge at this hotel. When they were in trouble, they looked to the beacon of hospitality in the community and they came there and it didn't matter who you were uh, at that time. So that's like one of the big moments for me. And then like, you know, with you guys most recently with, you know, uh, Hurricane Ida, I'm sure you also felt the same way. Yeah. So uh, right before um, Ida swept ashore in Louisiana, Uh, we started getting all the phone calls. Do you have availability? Do you have availability? So um, 
we did, and we took in about, um, say 50, 60 rooms we had available um, for people uh, coming in from Louisiana. And they stayed maybe two weeks, I wanna say. So they, they wow. came in a couple of days before the storm actually hit. And, um, and we this were- This was families that were coming they in? They were from... families, yeah. So they, we had families coming in. So we had uh, five, six people in a mm -hmm. studio suite, um, pets and all. Um, you know, multi-generation families and okay, we're still in a pandemic. Um, right. So we're welcoming in all these guests. So as we sell out, um, we sold out, I want to say for six days straight um, at a hundred percent. And like I said, we were, we're full. So you have to consider staff. You have to consider the food, because um, we serve breakfast in the morning, and um, supplies, towels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm literally, yeah, I'm like, that, wait, six yeah. days straight. I'm yeah. like, whoa, we can't do that. Yeah. So no one wants to hear about towels. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to hear about towels. And I spoke to Lily the other day down at Le Meridian, and she's also looking for a shampoo and conditioner because they're out there yeah. too. Yeah. So just thinking about supplies and just being prepared. So um, as we prepare, you know, with all the stuff, we have to prepare mentally too, because we are taking in families, people are stressed out and they need stuff. And, you know, we just had to have a huddle every day just to remind people, hey, these folks are coming in um, during a national uh, you know, disaster, natural disaster. And we need to take a little more time with them, show some empathy, show some compassion, explain the policy about the debit cards, explain about uh, not having housekeeping service every day. I mean, so it's an education for the traveler so that there are no surprises. Um, you know, if we needed to go to, Walmart or Costco or Sam's or whatever to buy more waffles or whatever. It's like, that's what we need to do, but let's be prepared to welcome in these guests. So we did. And um, for the most part, it was, it was fine. I mean, but the towel situation was a, a big deal um, because you have, again, five, people in the room and everybody needs towels and we don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so it was sort of like, okay, I need you mm -hmm. to give me the towels in your room right? so that I can go wash them and bring them back. So we had that, but, um, you know, again, it was, again, when you th think about Noble, um, we were providing shelter for, for these families and, you know, my heart went out to everybody that was um, that was impacted because they had no idea what they were going to be going back to. So while they were in uh, in the hotel, you know, I tried everything I could just to make sure that they were seen, they were comfortable, and you know that we were, you know, providing the hospitality that they deserved. And you're the director of sales, but you're actually Correct. actively doing stuff like yes. in the hotel because I think yes. that's 
pretty relevant yeah. like basically like all hands on deck because all hands on deck all hands normally on deck. Yeah. It, it would be like oh the director of sales like you might know that there's a problem with the towels but you no, might no. you know what i'm saying like you yeah. might get wind of that but like maybe yeah. you're not experiencing it firsthand but you were actually like the waffles like that was a you problem the towels that was a you problem yeah just everything sure was a you problem was because you're a part <laughs> yeah. of the team right correct yes well, our it, general manager is amazing and um she you know she made sure that everything you know that all the t's were crossed and the i's were dotted um and you know it's just like what do we need to do because it's go time and uh we need to just make sure these folks are taken care of and that we do not miss a beat yeah and and I think too what I mean I've like Robin you've worked through hurricane situations I've worked through enough of them when you're in a hurricane situation there's a lot to unpack Mm -hmm. and and it happens really fast but what made this even extra was the fact that a lot of these hotels aren't fully staffed we aren't fully staffed. We right. don't have we don't have the housekeeping, the mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. of housekeeping and housemen. Like we we had enough to deal with the business we were doing, mm-hmm. but now you have this influx of guests. And as Robin said, families of seven, six, seven, eight people with pets coming in. And you know, we normally put enough towels for four people. Four people, yeah. And in a in a room. Well, now they're requesting towels for seven. So it was, you know, it was towels. When I say nobody wanted to hear about towels, that situation <laughs> was, I mean, it, it, I mean, you just think about it. it it's tough. You know, you have yeah. your, your lot of towels for this many guest rooms. Mm-hmm. You only have this many housekeepers. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, and it's, it's go time. Yeah. So you're trying to make it happen. And Again, I think um, knowing that everybody deserves grace at this yeah. point because yeah. people are just getting back to work or they're still not working. Now they've had to evacuate. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they came from, what they'll be going back yeah. into. Um, and then even for like government funding, it, it takes a, a minute for that to kick yeah, in. It does. So maybe, maybe they're paying out of pocket. Mm-hmm. you know, for these. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of anxiety, yeah. a lot of anxiety yeah. happening, uh, yeah. you know, just in, and it, and it comes fast. It, it comes does come at, at you, you fast. <laughs> it comes at you super yeah. fast. And I always say with hurricane evacuation type situations, there's always two guests. There's the guest that comes a couple of days before it hits. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones that were rescued that comes after it hits. Mm. So that's, that's a different scenario yeah. altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, everybody's walking around on 10 mm-hmm. at that point. But, you know, like, like Robin said, it's all hands on deck. Everyone's involved. You know, what can I do? How can I help? Um, you know, let me explain this debit card policy. Cause that, you know, that's a big one. That is a big one. I tell yeah. people, don't ever give a hotel your debit card. <laughs> you know, just save yourself. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And 
I found that. Well, and to be some the people biggest. may not even have credit cards, like because you know if you're coming from like a, a location that, and again, I'm not so familiar with um, you know New Orleans or anything like that, but from what I've seen, it doesn't appear to be like the wealthiest community uh, or anything like that. So some people may not even have another option other than a debit card or like sometimes people may not even have a debit card. They might have like a preloaded, right. Like a cash app card or a chime Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that, where Mm -hmm. you can just load a certain amount of money on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's like, and I can only imagine like for them, it's like, you have this money, it's like a finite amount of money. And then it's like, wait, we're going to give this to you and you're going to do what with it? Yeah. And you're, you're going to hold it. And, and, and that then was it the might biggest. take seven business days for mm-hmm. it to come back. Like that's, yeah. that's it. Holy crap. Like, I, I mean, I get it. I really do. Um, yeah. Cause I, I can only imagine like, it's like, um, there's a, I, I can't remember like if there's a saying for it or anything, but like they say like grandmas and grandpas who lived during like World War II or something like that and post-World War II, they had to ration everything because mm-hmm. of the war. So now if they're still alive or whatever, they're, they kind of hoard a lot of things oh, yeah. because they're <laughs> so used to like, you don't know when you're going to be able to get another resource. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's the same way with, with people who are, evacuating a situation where they again like you said don't know what what they're going to come back to or what the situation is going to be like so if you have your your debit card or your prepaid card or or whatever and you have a finite amount of money on it like you don't know when the next time you're going to get another deposit you know coming into that card so i I can only imagine that they might want to just hoard that and like they're you know, uh, apprehensive to just give that away and trust that in seven business days, they're going to get that back or, um, so yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Even in seven business days, like, just like you just explained that to us and, and we're agreeing, we understand, Mm -hmm. we get it. So imagine you, you've got your prepaid card or you've got your debit card, you check in, your rate's 120, let's just say $100, make it easy. Your rate's $100. We're going to take $50 a day for incidentals. So if you're staying for three days, I've now, uh, I've now had to process on your card 300 for the stay and another 150 in incidentals. So we're at, we're at 450 is what I have on your card. Yeah. Now, you go to check out. So that, that's, that's your money. I, I've got $450 of your money. Three days go by. You go to check out. You're like, where's my $150? You know, you checked out, re-released the hold. It may take your bank anywhere from three to seven business days to give you your money back. So now a week, you know, you have to wait a whole week to get your $150 back. For some people, that's just enough to tip the scale. You know? I think you're on mute, Kyle. Yeah. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. 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 Sorry, somebody's playing ping pong outside this door and I'm like, so I'm trying to make sure that when I'm not talking, I put myself on mute. Oh, okay. um, But what is that 150 bucks? That's gas. 
yeah. money to go right. and get home. Food, like that's yeah, food to feed your family. Mm-hmm. That's like bare minimum, like essentials mm-hmm. for some people. I think, mm-hmm. did, did you just say that's enough to tip the scale for some people? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so I can like, tell you that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say that's like, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that we had a, we had a great week and, you know, we, like I said, we welcomed the families in, um, made them feel comfortable, um, explained to them the policy. And I think just for them not having surprises and just having somebody uh, see them and not treat them like they were, I don't know, evacuees, um, but just treat them like people who are just, you know, are saving their families' lives, getting out of there, um, just treating them with respect and dignity and um, providing a safe space for them. It was great. The only issue that we had were, you know, some of the pets were a little, <laughs> the pets were in shock. So of course they were doing whatever they needed to do, wherever they needed to do it. Um, But for the families themselves, I mean, I went around, you know, we all went around at breakfast time to make sure there was, you know, enough stuff. You know, the kids were having a ball, making their own waffles um, and running around the hotel and in the pool. And so when the kids are happy and adjusted, you know, they're not stressed out, which means the parents are not stressed out. You know, the parents are like, okay, this is what we're going to do for next couple of days. The kids are going on about their business. I did have to chase a couple of them though, down the hallway. They were knocking on doors at seven in the morning (laughs) and running. That's you should have told them to pick up a board because if only people are going to be knocking on doors are going to be room attendants to see if you checked out. Because exactly. we need those rooms back. <laughs> oh my gosh. You you know what I thought was awesome? And because this, I mean, it, it just really, the spirit of the people. Like there was these four ladies, they sat in the same area of the lobby and they would mm-hmm. just drink their coffee and talk every morning. Yeah. So I would stop by and visit with them you know, as I was coming in in the morning and they'd be there, like Mm -hmm. it was there, you know, they would be there and they'd be having a good time. And then because we're in residence in and you have the kitchenettes in your room, Mm -hmm. the smells in the hallway. Yes. I'm like, oh my, like what is going on? It's like a restaurant in this Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just really, it, it was a good week. And you know, those, those situations, it can be tough. It can yeah. really be tough. It can be tough on the staff and for the guest. But like if you, like if you have the right mindset, um, everybody, you know, the people became family, you know, for that two weeks or seven days or whatever that they were there. And they knew that, um, you know, that we were looking out for them and yeah. concerned, you know, for, for them. Yeah, the, uh, it's it's interesting how people will make a routine so quickly and like so easily adapted yeah. as like human beings, like the like whatever you can do to find like some sort of comfort in the situation that mm-hmm. you're in. Like I feel like we're very good at doing that yeah. as humans. So like just finding a little cozy corner in the lobby to mm-hmm. sip your coffee in the morning just to get out of like the four walls of your room and like mm-hmm. be with people in a different environment. That's like, you know 
that's a routine or, or get gathering everybody to make some food in your room. Um, which I mean, I'm sure people were being creative and like, cause like you're getting like one little burner right in, in residence. And from, from what I can remember, I, I think you get two, you get two, yeah, there's uh, two. like a stove top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an electric stove. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or, you get this little electric stove top mm-hmm. and you've got mm-hmm. probably got a strainer and some other pots and mm-hmm. stuff in there mm-hmm. and people are, I mean, going crazy. It sounds like oh, yeah. making some great <laughs> food. Like, yeah there's there's some some definite creativity there which is which is awesome uh and people still trying to find a way to eat good to socialize mm-hmm. to be to not just be like depressed completely Correct. throughout this entire experience yeah. which i think is mm-hmm. just awesome and like like you said nikki like the spirit of the people is just great yeah, yeah. i'm going to shake the table just a little bit um because ahead of this storm you know, you have all the suits sitting in their offices trying to figure out, okay, where are the people going to go? Yes, they're going to come. They always come to their uh, neighbors to the West, Houston. And you have all the revenue management teams and everybody looking to say, okay, what are we doing with the rates? Mm-hmm. Is it hospitality? If you increase the rate ahead of the storm? so that you can capture the revenue? Yeah. Now that's the question. Yeah. And you know, Texas is, they're real firm on, on uh, price gouging. So that's, I mean, you know, it's like it, it has a, a, a lid mm-hmm. on it because they're, they're really firm on that. But yeah, that's, that's, then there's that part, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. I mean, I've seen everything. I mean, and, and they didn't go up a lot. So I like in my area, for instance, the rate was maybe pre Hurricane Ida, maybe 95. Um, and then it went up to maybe like 125, you know, 130 in some cases. But why? You know? Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah, like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm really trying to think about this one because like, yeah, to a certain extent, there is a, you know, right, that, and what you said seems to be true. If you're sitting there in, in the corporate office, or at least, you know, you might not know, but it, you should probably be calling the GM or the director. Somebody should be calling somebody on the mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. to figure this out, but you probably at some point come to the conclusion that there's going to be seven, eight people inside of a room. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is a relevant and, mm. and valid reason okay. to increase the rate okay. a little bit to accommodate that because the $95 is, yeah. you know, that you're getting somebody who's probably going to sleep on one half of the bed and use the shower and leave the next day. But if you, you know, are going to be having somebody who's really going to be stretching the limits of the product and the services provided at the hotel, yeah. and you're making exceptions because because normally like it doesn't matter the room it's probably a four person maximum occupancy yeah so if you know this I think that could be a justifiable reason to increase the rate within a reasonable boundary right if it's Mm -hmm. increasing three hundred dollars well I don't think that's worth the extra three or four people that might be in that room but twenty or thirty dollars might be justified in that I like it so I like it okay 
Good answer. That is a, that's a great. Come on, I mean, Kyle. That's, a good, a good way to <laughs> that's my that. political. That's my political answer. If I no, I like it. Office. No, and it makes perfect sense <laughs> because trust me, the kids were wearing that waffle machine out, and that's okay because you know they don't get to do that at home. So it was something you know for them to for them to do. And um, you're you're right. Just uh, number one, demand on the rooms, obviously, and then you know like you said, six, seven people in a room and just the, the toll that it takes. I have, um, I read on the hospitality family site that, um, and I'll read it. Did you see this from the Hilton, New Orleans, um, no. Riverside? So they, um, they say, we understand that last week was difficult and created some hardships um, for our team mem- members. Hilton and our owners have decided to help relieve some of the stress and have graciously decided to compensate team members for the hours they were scheduled to work uh, for the pay week, 8.30 through uh, 9.5. So they paid their people for the week that they were not able to work. The Hilton, um, yeah, the Hilton, New Orleans, (laughs) Riverside. I mean, how awesome is that? I have yeah. chills right now, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I didn't Talk- see that. This is news to me. Yeah. Talk so, about doing the right thing. Come on. Talk about doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a so, huge move in yeah. the right direction. Seriously. Huge. Those owners should be like, I mean, that's really awesome on the ownership yeah. of that property. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, it, it, I would love to know, like, how that conversation happened, like, who initiated it. Sure. Right. And like also, because that's a mm-hmm. large hotel, like that's, it is. Be, that's very, a big box very. corporate managed hotel. So it's not like you have like, a, um, you know, like, a, a, I don't think so. You probably wouldn't have like a family, like a mom and pop, like, a you know, Indian American family or somebody mm-hmm. owning the hotel. Mm-hmm. You probably have a, a some sort of organization, like a real estate investment trust or mm-hmm. some sort of somebody with a lot of money, some organization yes. with a lot of money who owns this. So yeah. how do you like, that's why it seems like off the cuff to me because yeah. like normally, like if it was a family, then it's more personal. So they might be able to like have that conversation amongst themselves mm-hmm. and be like, okay, we're going to make this decision. But like with a big hotel like that, who's the one who gets to decide and say, we're going to pay everybody. I don't know, but at the end of the day, great decision, I think. And great decision. And it's the only one that I've seen. So I don't know if other but if other know, people are gonna follow suit, but good on them. Yeah. And well, and I think that kind of lends itself to, and I was just having this conversation with somebody last week that in our industry, being in the pandemic, there has been just a huge exodus of people away from hospitality. Yeah. And even as the industry is starting to rebuild, uh, in some cases, the talent is not there because people aren't coming back. You know, you have people that have given 20, 30 years of hospitality mm-hmm. and then the first sign of trouble, bye-bye to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so now that it's time to start bringing people back, those same people, they figured out, and I mean, just a note from Dr. Jeffrey, they figured out, I can work for Amazon. I can mm-hmm. work for Instacart. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have to be doing this. I have some options. Yeah. So for uh, Hilton New Orleans Riverside to stand up and say, hey, 
we're going to do right by you. We're going to do the right thing here. That's a huge flex yeah. to, to, to their employees, a huge flex yeah. to say like, you know what, a year ago we did this, but you know what, we, we recognize and, you know, it's time for correction. Yeah. So good on them. That is, yeah, that's uh, like, we we're not going to make the same mistake twice because yeah. we need you guys and we love you guys. So, and another thing that I don't know if you guys saw this, because the one thing that I saw on them on that hotel was that they actually had to close. They suspended operations after hurricane Ida. Ah. Um, so not only did they have to close down again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they still decided to pay their to pay. employees, mm-hmm. even though like, there's no way in hell they're getting any revenue. No and they're revenue. probably going through like a huge insurance claims process right now. And like, they might have to go into some capital reserves to pay for stuff that insurance may not be covering in terms of damage and stuff like that. Um, just more stress on ownership and corporate mm-hmm. office and, and executive committee, all these factors going in. But part of that plan was, well, we, we still got to pay our employees. That's yeah. number one. And I just think that's just awesome, especially considering the context of what their hotel is going through yeah. yet again, another closure for that hotel. Yeah. Amazing. It's awesome. So the last topic I want to bring up is, um, this, this, we have the leisure traveler that's been out and about. Um, I know you've probably seen some folks having meltdowns on planes and things like that. Um, and what is our responsibility as hospitalitarians when we have these guests in the hotel? Uh, I don't want to say demanding. I mean, they're, they're coming for the experience. They've been cooped up for a couple of years and they're getting out, they're coming to the hotel and the pool is closed on Labor Day. (laughs) And so, (laughs) and the pool was closed on Labor Day because we had, um, you know, these families from, you know, from wherever and we needed to service it. (laughs) And that was the day. So, um, and, and the other clients did not want to mix with the other guests so you have those clients coming down and then just in general so like I go to uh, Vegas um, to a resort and a couple of the restaurants were closed so people are having meltdowns because they're not getting everything that they that they thought they were going to get or that they paid for Um, how do we um, take care of them and, you know, and satisfy them and still allow our staff to have some modicum of uh, dignity when they're being screamed at about something. It's such a mixed bag. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like it's such a mixed bag. There are like, you know, it's like, we can't make excuses for it because, because it is what it is. You know, we've been apologizing for it for the past year. So Mm -hmm. how, you know, how, how, how long can we apologize? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, but, but at the same time, what is the solution? You know, I mean, like, like, I don't want to be hollered at. Yeah. I I hate to see 
people dogging out the front desk. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm I'm never going to be okay with that. I don't care what happened. You know, I'm never going to be okay with that. But um, it's, I mean, it's just, it's such a mixed bag. Yeah. Cause there's a balance. There's a balance between the guest satisfaction and supporting your, your team, you know, Mm And you don't, and the guest is going to leave and they may come back, but you have to work with that team member and you want them to, you know, continue to respect you and to know that you have their back when somebody is acting an ass at the front desk. It's like, it doesn't take all that, bro. Well, how are you going to compensate me? (laughs) I I kind of like, here's the door. (laughs) Cause like Nikki, you're like, what is the solution? Right. It's like. Mm -hmm. That's really what the question that I've been trying to think about, because I've really been like, just trying to like, really think about like what we can do about this. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of think it's going to be, it's a little bit of a bigger, like there is the one solution is like at the property level, right? Mm -hmm. Like with the GM and that team member and that guest, Mm -hmm. those individual circumstances. Yeah. But the other side of it, which I think is a little bit maybe more important to the long-term prosperity is like, what are we going to do to, as a entire industry, like where is everybody coming together to be like, okay, we're going to raise rates now. Uh, like, uh, like the, the, like exponentially raise rates uh, as one example of something that could be done. Like, because if you know, that, that 109 ADR, when wages were eleven dollars an hour, and mm-hmm. uh, you know occupancy was was consistent at sixty five percent, and we had that base, and like everything was fine back then, then that was what you know consumers were paying, and that's what everybody's used to. But now wages are fifteen or sixteen dollars. Yeah. We're dealing with peaks and valleys in occupancy, mm-hmm. um, which is causing us to not have as much. Uh, predictability in business patterns. Yeah. And um, not to mention that the guest who's staying with us now, especially if you're at a full service hotel, they may not be utilizing the auxiliary amenities uh, or their, their, their uh, Trev par, the total revenue per available room is probably mm-hmm. lower with those people um, than if you were a corporate traveler, yeah. because Part of it is like, okay, if you're complaining that there's no restaurant, were you really going to even utilize that amenity anyway, number one? And number two, even if you did utilize that amenity, like, what was it going to be, a 30 or $40 check size? Like, that's not going to keep the restaurant. Yeah. Um, so I think we really need to think about, like, what's the solution on a, on a bigger term? There's also, like, I'm not the guy to talk about this with, but I would love to actually maybe we all need to get in touch with these new food and beverage concepts because I think Mm, that's another mm -hmm. thing is like yeah what's the biggest there was a survey actually like JD Power uh, guest satisfaction survey Mm -hmm. for hotels and they have like six categories and food and beverage um, literally dragged like the entire overall satisfaction of the guest perspective perception of the hotel industry down like dramatically just from the food and beverage concept alone this was a recent survey like last week i think Mm -hmm. i saw it Mm -hmm. um 
So we need to come up with like, how the hell do we uh, manage food and beverage in hotels moving yeah. forward? Um, whether it's comp food and beverage, like breakfast, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, the residence in style breakfast or, or your, your traditional complimentary breakfast options. Like where I was at, I was like embassy suites, which is like the king of free mm -hmm. shit for guests. It's like free yeah. cook to order omelets. You've got all this huge buffet stuff. Um, with amazing. the breakfast consisting of like actual staff, like servers and stuff mm -hmm. that actually will help you. Then you have complimentary snacks and alcoholic beverages in the evening time. It's additional square footage. Every room is a two room suite, like all this value. And I'm like sitting here, like as a GM and I'm like, how are we supposed to do that? Like, how are we mm -hmm. supposed to really like be profitable in a situation like this? And yeah. And also have the guest scores reflect the experience that they're. That's, that's so it the, right there. Yeah. It's all about the expectation. So mm -hmm. I think we need to reevaluate food and beverage again. I wish I could be that guy to do that. Yeah. It's not going to be me right now, but um, <laughs> food and beverage is critical. <laughs> we got to look at that. And then in terms of like what we were talking about on like with the, with the guests and the team at the front desk, like when this is happening now, because reevaluating the industry-wide F&B concepts and rolling all this out is going to take a long time. So yeah. we got to figure out what we're going to do now. Um, you know, and on the, from the guest side, I found that, you know, coming from the worst embassy suites on the planet earth, I had to apologize to a lot of guests. Yeah. Um, and uh, I found that really just like, authenticity goes a long way like there's so guests are so used to hearing like the the canned like customer service responses mm -hmm. that we're all trained to provide mm -hmm. like um you can tell when somebody's going through a formula like I'm trying to even think of like how somebody might do it but like you know thank you so much for bringing this to my attention oh, unfortunately yeah. in lieu of the COVID-19 pandemic oh, here <laughs> uh, we have temporarily suspended breakfast blah, operations blah, blah. Yeah. to, uh, uh, to, to ensure our staff and guest safety. And then like the guests are literally just like, I don't give a shit. Like you right. guys suck. Right. Their eyes um, glaze over. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. But if so. you're like, if you go to the guests and you're like almost more upset about it than they are, like, mm -hmm. like, I'm so, so, so sorry. Yeah. Like I understand that just like we talked about, I understand that you have been like yearning for this like experience for so long. And like, you come here with your family, you're paying the same rate that you're mm -hmm. used to paying mm -hmm. pre COVID. And it, it, it's not aligning with the expectation that you had. Um, you know, I understand how damaging this must be for your experience and like, just literally just pour your heart out to that guest. Well, what are you going to give me? What are you going to do? <laughs> right. Throw that some part. points at me like they're candy. That's what I want. So yeah. you might like <laughs> and I'm honestly okay with the points. I am okay with the points. Like um, I think like okay if you need room. to compensate somebody, like yeah. just do it. Like that doesn't mean that you have to give them a free room every time. Yeah. But one of the things that I found is like, um, and like again, pulling from my my embassy suites experience, I'm like, listen, here's my name, here's my card, here's my information. I want you to come back and I'm going to do something for you when you come back. Yeah. Like we're going to make sure that you get a really, really taken care of, if not a complimentary stay upon your return. Right. Um, but call me first and I will let you know if you should stay here or not. 
right. it was something I did. I was like, literally, like, if you call and say, hey, I'm ready to come in this and and I'm going to tell you, you, you don't, you're not going to be happy or I'm going to tell you, you're going to really love what we've done with the place. Come back and mm-hmm. we're going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, because I would tell them like, listen, I'll either tell you to stay here or I'll recommend you a place that I know for sure is doing better so that your experience is, is going to work out. Um, and they usually are like, wait, like a selfless act. Like you're not just trying to take my money and rob me. And like, cause people are so like, they think that everybody's trying to get over them. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, Mm -hmm. if you just show them that you really, your heart is in the right place, they're going to be okay. And and maybe sometimes they're not. And at that point, the hell out of here man yeah we don't need you right um, and that's hospitality um it's, well, like you said being, just being, authentic. being honest yeah, yeah being authentic honest. and honest with them about it and it's like you know if you wanted that this might not have been the place for you to stay to begin with yeah you know sometimes yeah. just just being real about it if you were like and it's okay to say that right it, i i do totally okay <laughs> okay I, i'm just you know, saying because you're yeah. looking for the beach then mm-hmm. you're not staying with me because mm-hmm. you know it, it's like come on this is not even your hotel yeah. that you wanted to be at so yeah we have one guy that has complained he's been here a week and he's literally complained about everything every day down to the way somebody looks that works at the front desk I don't like the way that guy looks and <laughs> um <laughs> You know, some of it, you know, was valid. Okay, his key didn't work on the back door. So, okay, you know, we those things we can work on. Um, yeah, and that grill. guy at the front desk, he is kind of ugly, right? So it's right. Like I okay. mean, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I wanted the um, Brad Pitt guy, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, the, the switch on the grill doesn't work or something like that. So, I mean, you know, maintenance issues, yes, I, I, I totally get it. But I mean, like every single day. So he came down and um, it was Friday before I left. And he was talking to the front desk agent about his key again. And she mentioned, you know, have you tried it in your room? Um, And he just blew up. He blew up and, you know, he started screaming. So I come out of my office and she's talking to him and everything, you know, she's interacted with him every day that, that he's been there. So I let her handle it just to see what was going to happen. And she came back to me, my office. She says, Miss Robin, he's going to come back, watch, and he's going to apologize. And I said, you think so? She says, yeah, I can already tell. So five minutes later, he says, "Uh, can I have two towels for the pool? She gave him the towels and he says, I just want to apologize. I'm really sorry. She was like, oh no, you can keep that. <laughs> so I didn't, so I was like, I heard the way he spoke to her and, and I'm looking at, and when I look at her, I'm looking at me at the front desk, you know, 30 years ago going, I would have done the same thing because, you know, had he spoke to me that way. So I'm thinking, she was justified because he was, you know, she says, you don't have to ask me for anything. You know, she says, I'm going to help you because that's my job, but you don't have to, don't, don't come back to me with an apology that I I don't, I don't accept it. You can keep it. So I was just like, Ooh, I'll let the GM handle that one. That's, um, (laughs) that's, that's interesting. Like, yeah. And she still took care of him. She, she yeah, asked for the towels. Here you go. Yeah. This is what She's we're like, going to do for you. Mm-hmm. But 
in terms of an apology, it's almost like, listen, you're doing this to make yourself feel better. Yeah, exactly. Not because you actually want right. me to feel yeah. any, any better about it. Yeah. Because if you really did care about me, you would have either stopped yourself in that mm-hmm. moment or mm-hmm. apologize right then and there or something like, yeah. I'm not going to give you the privilege of soothing your own conscience over Correct. like what you, right. What you yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably one of those people who probably would have said, I accept your apology. Thank you. And like been, cause I'm right. like a peacemaker. Like I'm a non-confrontational yeah. right. person. I really yeah, don't yeah. like that, but I respect her for doing that. I yeah. really, really do. And that's kind of, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I'm not accepting your apology. Yeah, I let her have that moment. And that's why I was thinking I wanted to bring it up, bring it to the table. Like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that's me right there. <laughs> but I, like I said, how do we, you know, we have to have the associates maintain some, uh, some form of, of dignity. They need to be right. able to, you know, well, say, you know what, I'm not going to let you speak to me that way. And um, they need to feel supported. So that's like the other part of it. How do we make sure that they are supported? Back in the day, we used to have the training, you know, with Marriott where they had the little scenarios and you'd go watch the video with the, you know, the horrible guest interaction. And this is how you should handle it. But we don't do that anymore. We, um, We hire somebody, we bring them to the front desk and it's like, okay, here's the PMS. Um, here's the phone. You're going to be training with Kyle and you're going to watch Kyle and that's your training. And they don't I, have any idea on how to yeah. handle, um, you know, good or bad situations. They're just there to do a job, which goes back to yeah. the whole being noble. Yeah. And I think you're right. It is a training issue because, and then too, I mean, you think about, we've been in this business for a long time. People, the the guests and the type of guests that's showing up right now is not the guests that, that those videos address. Right. You know, you've got people coming in, doing things, saying things that 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't even imagine mm-hmm. a guest approaching the desk and acting like that mm-hmm. or you know, some of the antics that happen. And I, I mean, I, I think too, of course, you, we're never going to endorse a front desk agent, you know, being rude or just. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. But at that same time, you know, we do have to have their backs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a guest yelling at a front desk person because I think he had like six rooms on his credit card. It was like $3,000. And the guy was yelling and he's like, I, I've got $3,000 on my credit card. And she goes, I know I'm looking at it. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was, I was laugh, I was laughing guilty, but it's like, sometimes you got to match that energy. And, and then he calmed down. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she matched that energy that he yeah. was given and then he calmed down and they went through and, you mm-hmm. know, she explained it to him and he was fine. But I mean, you know, wh- when do you give it back to him? It's a delicate balance. It really <laughs> is. And I'm not saying that I want the, you know, I don't want the hotel folks to go after guests. That's not what right, I want. Right. But I do want, I want people to want to come to work. 
Yeah. That's the bottom line. I want people to want to come to work and not be like, I read this thing on the face, the Facebook hospitality family. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, cause this is where they go to vent 60,000 people are going to vent there. You may have some that are like, really like looking for jobs and some that are promoting, Hey, I got a job or whatever. But for the most part, people are just like literally venting about working 16 hour days and how somebody yelled at them or how, um, this one story that I have here is, um, have you ever canceled a booking on a guest before the guest arrives? She's got like this I, wedding party. Did I you see that? that. One? I, saw I didn't that. see it, but I, that one's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explain that to Kyle, Nikki. Yeah. Cause it's a okay. good one. So this, this, I think the person, they were either the GM or the FOM, one of those, but they had, there was a wedding room block at their hotel and this guest had called and they wanted to check in early. Then they wanted to use the pool two hours after they checked out of the hotel. Four days after. Oh, four, four days, days after. after. They wanted yes. to come back. That's right. They wanted to come back to the hotel and use the pool and they justified it. It was because they paid to use the pool, but mm-hmm. they couldn't use it during their stay. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to come back and use it. Yeah. Hire and, a DJ and hold yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, and like this person had all these requests and the, the, the kicker was the guests hadn't even stayed yet. They hadn't even, so, they're not even there yet. So it's still to come. So they have all these requests yeah. and demands. And so they're like, if, if, the person, the guest is yelling and cursing at the staff before they get there. What's it going to be like when they're on property? Cause I don't even know when this is, but it's coming up. So yeah, she just put this up there yesterday, I think. Yeah. And a couple she's, days like, ago. she's like, would I, you know, would I be within my right to go ahead and cancel their reservation <laughs> before, you know, just, just to head it off, you know, yeah. how do we head this off? Cause you bat? already know it's going to be a cluster. And um, I think, Yes. <laughs> I would say so too. I think I yes. So too. I think yes, for sure. Um, you need to comment and put an F for following. So when she updates it, we can, yeah. see. So I can see. Oh, for sure. I'm going to actually, yeah. I'm going to go and seek that out. But yeah, I would yeah. say yes. Like we have to protect, this is another solution, like protecting, like, because it's, it's usually a surprise, but if we know that something's a problem, let's mm-hmm. proactively. That's it protect the sanctuary of our team right you know protect our product like protect our owners because the owners are going to be impacted by this guaranteed and like what kind of operators would we be if we didn't do something about this to our ownership what kind of management and leaders would be if we didn't protect our team from this um and also the sanctity of the other guests experience, because that's going to impact them as well. So it's literally like, Absolutely. nobody's going to win in this situation. Mm-hmm. So let's just, and, and, you know, and I think you would just say something like, um, you know, from what, from what it sounds like, I, I, I don't believe that, um, you know, our property is going to be able to suit your needs. It's not the um, right fit. Yeah. It, it's not you. It's me. Um, the yeah. pool is closed that week. based on on what you're looking for and we want you we want you to enjoy your stay this just Mm -hmm. may not be the right place this may not be the right right and then it's like how do you in good conscience recommend another hotel knowing what they're going to be going through yeah 
I don't but know. I, I think just, you do have to like literally what I've had to do in the past is literally recommend like a Forbes five-star hotel for, mm-hmm. for some people to stay. I'm like, mm-hmm. like if you're staying at like a, a, a regular, you know, Hilton hotels and resorts brand, for example, like a flagship brand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's full service, but it's still a three-star hotel at the yeah. end of the day. And you want a, uh, robes and slippers and custom in every room you want in-room massages you want 24-hour in-room dining you want all this stuff and it's like you are literally what you're searching for is a Forbes five-star hotel because they have to do those things or Um, do you just let them just let them make it it's like okay it's four days it's the pool um come up with a solution okay you do like the marquee downtown, you go and you get a pool pass oh, yeah. for the day. Um, do you charge them? I mean, you're the there's voice a of way. What, what about, yeah, did, here we are talking about hospitality. Have we ever thought about just accommodating them? That's right? what, what I was thinking. I'm for? like, so that's, we that's just... an option too. <laughs> How about it? It's like, what else is going on where, I mean, I think just because they've called and they've been, um, you know, cursing and stuff like that, it's, it's a manner of just, I know you're, it, it's a wedding. So it's the most right. important day of somebody's life. Right. Um, they're stressed out. They've overspent and, and you're giving them, there's an obstacle here that you're creating. You're creating some more stress for them. So maybe just give right. it to them. Have a Robin, conversation. I love you. You're the most hospitable and, person. And I get think, ahead of right. it. Get, get ahead, ahead of it. it. Yeah. There's That's a way to it's manage coming. it. Let's get ahead of it. And I think they would appreciate yeah. that rather than the pushback, right? Well, and like, let's let's pull a page from Christine Trippy's book, literally her book. Yes, yes. is the answer. Yes let's not say answer. no to this guest. What can we do what for them? What can we do? Okay, so yeah. maybe we know that this is going to be a little bit too much, but we're going to make sure that, okay, well, you know what? You're not guests during this time that you're you're coming back to use a pool so what mm-hmm. we're going to do is allow you to utilize the pool after the traditional guest hours mm-hmm. are over mm-hmm. and we're going to put a sign on the door that says private event um mm-hmm. so then the other guests know there's a reason why there's people in the pool after hours so we're protecting Sell it as the- banquet space yes I mean, right. You know, right and then you could say Rental. well you know what you're you're what you're paying for is is to stay in the hotel you know, if you want to come in here and you want to have food and you want to have a DJ, mm-hmm. what you're really doing is you're, you wouldn't be able to do this for what your, your price was for the room because right. it's public pool space. Right. You want to rent it as a private event. It's $150 rental fee, you know, or I, I, depending on what the hotel was, I'm assuming it's a select service hotel, so they don't have catering anyway, but you could say yeah. outside catering fee. $75, whatever that, whatever you want to make it. And then just, they, they probably go ahead and say yes, because there's no other place in the world that will even come close to that level of <laughs> yeah. reason. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, and just offer that and then just give them the best service that you can give them. Um, I'm going to go back. Cause I want to see what some of the other comments are. Um, Cause I'm interested. Kyle, take us out on a positive note as we leave. You are like one of the top hmm. 50 most influential hospitality uh, voices in the USA. So we want to hear from you as we close out. 
Um, okay. Well, no pressure. Um, (laughs) well, I guess my, uh, my, my ending note of positivity is just a full circle reminder on what we talked about at the top of the program, because I think that's what everybody needs to be reminding themselves of constantly. Think of your hotel as more than just a cash flow, but a major component to your community and think of your job as a noble profession in hospitality. You are doing God's work every day that you come into your hotel, whether you think of it that way or not. And you should think of it that way because um, we're feeding people, we're housing people, mm-hmm. we're relieving their anxiety every day. We're welcoming them in every day. That's so noble. That's so godly. Like, just think of it that way. And, and I think that's how we so... I'll take one step further. That's how we solve the hiring crisis is by perpetuating this narrative because there's a, this is another thing from my podcast with Dr. Jeffrey O. There's an existential crisis in the world right now. Everybody says, what's the point? Life has no meaning. We have a global pandemic. There's people dying in Afghanistan. There's natural disasters. Um, You know, politics is all crazy. Like everybody just thinks, what's the point? And they don't want to work for the man to make somebody rich uh, and and work for pennies. Okay, let's just calm down. Let's let's reevaluate. If you're looking for meaning in your life, you can find that in a hotel. You can find that in hospitality. You can find that in service for others. And it you're really it's noble to do this for free to not get paid to do this. It's very noble. This can almost be volunteering that you're getting paid for truly. If you're that selfless about it and you really look at it, that you're doing, you're making a difference in your community because you are, you're making a difference in your community. It's like you're volunteering, but somebody's paying you for it. We have to attach meaning to our jobs, especially when the meaning is true and the meaning is, is profound and it's significant and it's not a lie and it's not a fabrication. Um, so let's start talking to our, our new hires about this, who are coming into the industry for the first time. So they will stay and they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll think, wow, my job is noble. I am making a difference. I'm working at a Mecca in the community. That's unlike any other that cannot be replicated. Um, and I'm doing God's work. So yeah, that's what we do here in hospitality guys. So yeah, I think that's pretty positive. I I, love I, it. I can go work in a hotel and feel great just keeping that in the top of my mind every day. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Kyle, for being with us. We love you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality, that's our business.